Hello, friends, family, colleagues, and welcome to our journey to equity. I am so excited that you are here with us today. I am Tamara, I'm a healthcare executive, and as you know, I am on a journey to explore how healthcare advocates, health equity advocates and practitioners, how others, community voice, can help us really establish health equity in communities of color. Each week, we are joined by a fellow journeyer, a health equity practitioner, to learn about their journey on the way to create health equity in their communities and empower us and educate us how we can take action individually for our friends, for our family, and also for our communities. Today on our journey, I'm introducing you all to Dr. Kiana Robinson, who is a dentist and dental advocate here in the Charlotte area. Welcome, Thank Kiana. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm today. so excited for you yeah. to be here. So. As you all know, as we enter our journey together, um, we're going to get familiar with what brought you here today and okay. you know how, wh how your journey has brought you okay. um, to this point in your career and in your work. But before we enter, I start off by just sort of setting the stage and um, warming us up a little bit and sharing a little bit about my own journey. And so for those of you that have um, been tuning in for some time, you're familiar with my journey. But for those of you that are not, I will just briefly share a little bit about my own journey to equity. So um, I grew up in a black family. And, um, you know, for me, I grew up in um, a middle class uh, suburban area in north suburban Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I could always notice that there was a significant difference between how my extended family was aging and just with obesity and diabetes and high cholesterol and high blood pressure, you know, all the things that typically we see in a lot of communities of color. And I didn't see that same disparity showing up with a lot of my white counterparts. And mm. so it always made me very curious. It always made me very aware. And the one thing I think that really helped uh, propel me down this path was at, uh, at the holidays or in family cookouts, you know, <laughs> right. my aunts and cousins would come and say things to me like, you know what, be careful. You're gonna be big like me one day. You're gonna be big like us one day. Watch out, just watch. And so it was those words that I would say actually sort of struck a little bit of fear in me, but yeah. also it made me determined. And, you know, I was determined because I saw how um, you know, my other peers and their families didn't age like that. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it, it shouldn't be like that for us. And so that's really long story short, okay. what got me uh, interested in healthcare and in health equity, even though at the time I didn't even have the language for it. And so, um, you know, let's, let's kick it back to you. And sure. let's just start there, really exploring what brought you to this point? How did you, how did you get mm. to this point with us? So, um, I'm, well, I'll start off that I'm born and raised here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So uh, my dad's side of the family is from South Carolina. So I'm just going to kind of piggyback on what sure. you said. The holidays, we mm -hmm. kind of had a traditional Sunday dinner kind of family mm -hmm. where my aunts would cook. Everything would be fresh from the farm, um, everything homemade. Yes. And I think that that set a stage for me. Also, my love for science on one end. Um, I just didn't grow up eating a lot of processed food. Mm. I ate a lot of home cooked foods was mm -hmm. uh, around me growing up. Uh, my mom was not a big sweet eater, so she didn't let me have a lot of things. Mm. But my love, my journey 
here um, started with just a love for science. I <laughs> always love science. I kind of call myself one of those nerdy kids. Yes, yes. <laughs> because um, I did summer camps where we dissected things. <laughs> um, I, I volunteered at the hospital. So I knew my path was healthcare. Right. Mm -hmm. Just didn't know what form of healthcare. Okay. Um, I was involved in high school with. Uh, HOSA, which is Health Occupation Student Association of America. I think I have that right, but it was called HOSA. And we had the opportunity to shadow someone in the health field. I had already volunteered at the hospital. It really wasn't quite my speed. Mm -hmm, I'm a very mm -hmm. talkative, I, I'm an mm -hmm. outgoing person. So I shadowed my dentist at the time. Uh -huh. And I never turned back. <laughs> when I went there and shadowed in the office, it was lively. It was a lot going on. It was a lot of hustle and bustle. And that was me. So I knew very early on that dentistry was for me. Wow. So did you ever think um, in your love for science that dentistry would p be a potential option until that moment when you shadowed? No, I actually because of the Cosby show. <laughs> Cosby show was a big factor <laughs> in my life. It. I was going to be a pediatric. Uh, I was going to be a pediatric provider. Mm -hmm. And I actually volunteered now, it's called Novant, but it was Presbyterian Hemby um, Children's Hospital at that time. Yes. I vol volunteered there and I just, it just, it was just quiet. It was just, I don't think I had anyone to take me under my, under my, under okay. their wing at mm -hmm, the time. Mm -hmm. I felt like if I would have had a mentor being first generation, first generation from Absolutely. college and professional school, maybe I would have chosen that path, but um, I have more of a mentorship in the dental, dental part. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I ended up there. But you bring up a great point because representation does matter. Yes. And especially in the black community, there is not a large volume of black dentists mm -hmm. in the community yeah. either. So yeah. what was it about dentistry that, that really made it click for you? What made it click was hands-on. Mm -hmm. I'm a very hands-on type of person. I also saw how the dentist who I was with for a very long time just knew my name, very interactive, um, also shadowing them, very interactive. It wasn't just like, oh, they're there, just go and do something. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole team was very interactive, like, come here, I can ask them questions, mm -hmm. very involved. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what set the stage. I didn't know at the time that we had such a low number of uh, minority providers in the field. Mm. I didn't really recognize that until I actually got to dental school right. and start, or I don't even want to say got to dental school, but starting to apply to dental school and not seeing a lot of people that look like me mm -hmm. and having to connect to the organizations mm -hmm. so that I could see people like me in the field. Oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. And that actually is a perfect segue to the next portion of our journey together, which is Endure. So every journey comes mm -hmm. with its own twists and turns. And those are actually opportunities for us to learn something for what we are looking to do. So can you tell us something unexpected that you learned along this journey? Mm, which one? <laughs> which time? <laughs> um, you know, I would say as a first generation college graduate, uh, went to Winston-Salem State University, you know, that that realization of standardized testing. I mm. think that that would be the first mm -hmm. level. I did not really test well on SATs. I didn't really understand that people were out here taking a whole course on how to prepare for yes, the SATs. Yes, yes. So 
my life is trial and error and determination and, and the word that you use endure mm -hmm. to keep pressing mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. has been my my, my mantra or mm -hmm. my mantra since uh, since this time but I didn't do well on the on the DAT, which is the dental emissions test. Okay. So my path and my journey to dental school is um, a little sure, you know, mm -hmm. a little windy road. It was not a straight path. Mm -hmm. So did not test well. Mm -hmm. um, that's a long story. We don't have enough time for that. <laughs> I'll just say I didn't test well, but I did not let that stop me. Good. So what did I do? I endured. I looked into summer enrichment programs. So when people uh, are doing their summer break working or on vacation. I was in a summer program mm. tailored to um, applying to dental school, applying mm -hmm. to medical school. Also, um, just really trying to reinforce those test taking skills. So that's mm -hmm. kind of how mm -hmm. my that was my first my yeah. first encounter with that is standardized mm -hmm. testing. Wow. So once I got over that hump and I realized, oh, OK, this is how they want you to test. Then mm -hmm. it was the path was set. Oh, I see. Yes. So I'm hearing a lot of determination yes. in there. Did you know that that was in you or were you just, you know, head down going through? What was driving that determination for you? I did not want to come back home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, now we hear about gap years. It's so it's so mainstream <laughs> to take time off. Yes. And I knew I wanted to go to, I don't think we just had options mm -hmm. back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And yes. so I wanted a career, to be honest with you, I wanted a, a career that would give me a lifestyle that I could make. I didn't have to live paycheck paycheck to paycheck. That's good. Um, I'm an only child, so my I didn't have a whole lot of hardships. I mm -hmm. did have some, but I also saw growing up living with my mom and mm -hmm. just kind of trying to make the make ends meet and I just not didn't want that struggle mm -hmm. so I wanted a career that was going to provide that lifestyle for me and also that I didn't have to work to death right yes, you know yes. so um so that is that's what kept me going mm -hmm. because also I didn't know I was like oh, I like science what else do I like at the time I didn't feel like I had that free thinking to be like, oh, explore this, explore that. It was science. This is what you're going to do. And this is That's where you're right. going. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, wow. Yeah. So it's funny because sometimes on paper, especially in school, the path is very well laid out. And it's, you know, you take these courses, you take this test, you, you graduate, you apply, and you move on. Right. But the journey itself is not always that straightforward. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's very windy. It's ups and downs. It's different yes. paths and things that you may have to do yes. to get you to that expected end. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. Um, so, okay, we are journeying with you. We have graduated from college. We are in dental school. No, not no. in dental okay. school. Okay, tell us, tell us, <laughs> what, what, where are we next? So <laughs> I applied. <laughs> and another hurdle mm. is that I didn't realize I didn't know how to interview well. Oh my goodness. So I had two interviews, mm -hmm. offered two interviews, and not, I didn't have a mentor. Looking back then, mm -hmm. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't mm -hmm. have somebody say, okay, great, you have these interviews. Let me practice with you right. so that you can set yourself up well for these interviews mm -hmm. because the interview was you're halfway in there. Yes. They just need to make sure is this something you really want to do? Are you right for the program? Right. Can we see you succeeding through this program? Right. So I interviewed at, uh, I was, I think we can, can I say the name? Sure. Okay. So I interviewed at Meharry Medical College okay. the day before I graduated college. Oh my so goodness. I, I flew to Nashville, came back to Winston-Salem State the next day and graduated. 
Needless to say, I didn't get in. <laughs> However, I am a plan B person. Mm -hmm. So I actually got accepted to a master's program at Hampton University. Mm -hmm. It was run by Dr. Hera Marino at the time. Mm -hmm. He was a dentist, a um, retired dentist. Okay. And so they had an 85% rate of getting uh, students into professional school. So we had students that wanted Wonderful. to go to medical school and dental school. Mm -hmm. So I spent two years at Hampton, mm -hmm. was able to retake the DAT. I was able to do extra enrichment courses. Mm -hmm and applied again oh wow so mm -hmm. that time wow <laughs> i had multiple choices yes and i had mentorship underneath my belt so i had somebody helping me with the parts of the test that i didn't understand yes uh so, so i'm hearing that theme of mentorship yes. come up a lot for you it sounds like it's something that you fully recognize you did not have and mm -hmm. could have helped you. Yes. And once you were in an environment where you did have a mentor, it really helped you navigate some of those pitfalls. Yes. So talk to us a little bit about um, how important that is, especially as a practicing black female dentist yes. in our current healthcare <laughs> world as it is. It is very important. Mm -hmm. um, I am. Uh, I participate in several organizations, and we have a pipeline. Mm -hmm. And so it is. And don't quote me. I know that there's research out that if we we need to grab these students all the way in middle school in order mm -hmm. for a lot of these pathways to be successful. Mm -hmm. But there are pipelines. They have undergraduate. Um, they have undergraduate portions of our organizations mm -hmm. so that you can gear up the students while they're in in the mix of their core courses in college mm -hmm. and getting them prepared and letting them know this is what you need to do. They have things called impression days so that they can actually see and get a feel of what they'll be able to Love do mm -hmm. in the professional. And I don't want to just um, single out dentistry because they have it for medicine. They, had a, they have it for other programs, but mm -hmm. it allows the student to be immersed in it. Um, have contact with the professors. These are the people that are possibly interviewing you. Mm. You also get interviewed by students when you're applying to professional school. So mm. it gives the opportunity for you to just kind of get those get those questions out, not letting the first day you get any information is your right, interview date. Right, you know? right. Um, and so starting there mm -hmm. and, and also being able to participate in some of those um, impressions programs on the other side, when I was a dental student, mm -hmm. I see the impact. You oh, know? I love that. I see the impact. Uh -huh. And then coming out of that, just helping people get into dental school. So yes. I've written recommendation letters. Mm -hmm. I've had, I have numerous students um, shadowing me um, because even for not just dental school, but even for hygiene, mm -hmm. uh, that is mm -hmm. uh, our mid-level provider. And that is a very competitive field as well. And mm -hmm. they have to have shadowing hours before they apply to these programs or it looks better on the application. So mentorship is, I recognize where it helped mm -hmm. me. I want to do the same for someone else. I love that. And this is also another great segue. Um, I'm, I'm starting to hear a little bit about how you've evolved. I'm sure that maybe when you first became interested in dentistry and, and having to go the path that you went through and really picking up mentors along the way and then actually getting into the practice, it, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with some of the programs that mm -hmm. you're, you're referencing, but only really peripherally. I know that especially um, this, this, this sort of model as it relates to really working with middle school and younger students to put them in a pipeline where they're getting more and more exposure to healthcare careers and really engineering careers, technology careers. There's a lot of programs that we're starting to see really pop up like that. 
And that's because upward mobility is such a challenge mm -hmm. if you are not in an environment where you're exposed by these opportunities, and especially for um, uh, people of color, kids of color, who are not also introduced to other professionals in the field that also look like them yes. and can share the experience that often we go through that are unique experiences in comparison to the broader population yes. and can say, I know exactly how you feel and I can help walk you through that. Right. So talk to us a little bit about your evolution. So once you've started practicing mm -hmm. and um, you are now in a little bit more of the advocacy space. Um, yes. Tell us about how that evolution began for you. So when I came back, moved back after residency, mm -hmm. I worked for Dr. Spurgeon Weber uh, Sr., mm -hmm. who was a pioneer of oral health mm -hmm. uh, advocacy here in, in, in Charlotte. And so I worked for him. He was one of the first dentists here in Charlotte who offered and saw patients who had Medicaid. Wow. So um, my service in this in this in this realm has mm -hmm. always started from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I loved working for him. Um, he had a passion for the community. His office is still located off Betis for a road. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to serve my community and that that meant a lot to me, based, especially mm -hmm. based off the missions of my schools that I where I graduated mm -hmm. from. Now, can you tell the listeners what yeah. uh, tell them a little bit about the Beatty's Ford Road area for those of you that may not sure. be as familiar? Yes, sure. So the Beatty's Ford Road corridor here in Charlotte is on the west side. I say it's like our Harlem of Charlotte. Um, <laughs> a lot of uh, black pioneers have. Um, are from that from that area my grandparents had a house in that area so i spent a lot of my childhood in that area mm -hmm. um some of the first uh, mayors some of the first dentists <laughs> politicians came from the west end of charlotte specifically off the Beatty's fort royal corridor yes so, yeah very important corridor yes. for the black community in charlotte yes. okay so tell us a little bit about your uh, as you've continued working yes. in spaces. so i uh, was ended up when i left there i've also worked for a dynamic office of black female dentists who i still have a great relationship Wonderful. now and so i ended up going into more of the cosmetic space at this point mm -hmm. but they also taught me and we really really honed in on whole health um, advocacy mm, so mm -hmm. putting the mouth back into the body because people think <laughs> that the mouth is you could take it out like look at it do what you need to do and then mm -hmm. put it back in so really really honing in with the patient and how their mouth affects other issues diabetes ah. hypertension mm -hmm. Um, stress, you know, we, we dealt with a lot of TMJ issues. Mm -hmm. um, and I really, really, really enjoyed my time at that office. And then I, I, I flowed through another sector of the yes. VA. So mm -hmm. I, I did my residency at the VA in Philadelphia. So I was able to um, serve some VA patients, okay. which opened up another way of bringing that whole mm -hmm. health because mm -hmm. they're on so many medications, a mm -hmm. lot of our veterans. Mm -hmm. And from there, I took a pause and a reset and somehow ended up in public health dentistry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I, that's where I'm currently, um, I am a practicing dental director right now mm -hmm. for public health. 
Um, I love what I've done there, the education and, and, and the way that my team and I have been able to give back to the Charlotte community. I love the fact that you have practice in almost every segment yes. possible as <laughs> it's related to where yes. uh, a person can gain experience um, in the dental field. But you touched on something briefly, and I would love for you to go a little bit deeper with regards to how you can't remove the mouth from mm -hmm. the body. And mm -hmm. it, we're really all connected as one being and really looking at dental care as whole health. Talk to us about um, what you've seen in your practice. What do people need to know? What, what do you want people to understand before you leave here today about dental health and all the things that it can impact? How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, ultimately, what mm -hmm. I would like patients to really, really, really understand is everything goes through the mouth, what you eat. And so when we look at certain systemic, chronic systemic diseases, such as diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, mm. a lot of those things, some, of, some are genetic, right? Some are predisposed, you can't help certain um, blood pressure issues, but some of them can be maintained. Mm -hmm. Some of them can be prevented. Um, and as a lot of times it's through lifestyle factors, what we eat, mm. things of that nature. So. I want to just stress that is one way that oral health can help. One, not only are you getting your, your mouth and everything in a healthy state, but we're going to educate you on what needs to go in, mm -hmm. right? And we can take a little bit more time with you than your medical provider. Mm -hmm. um, also, if the, there is research out, uh, you can Google it. This is one thing I will say you can Google. I, I give you permission. Is diabetes and periodontal disease. And what periodontal disease is, is where, you, where your bone and your gum, the supporting structures of your teeth are not healthy. Hmm. And so there's direct correlation that if your diabetes or your A1 or your blood glucose numbers are not being able to be controlled, then it usually has a direct correlation if you haven't had dental care and you have periodontal disease. Wow. So, so if you don't have, I'm just going to put this um, as simple as I, I can from, sure. from how I'm interpreting this. If your dental health, meaning um, your gums are weaker, mm -hmm. um, possibly more bleeding on the gums, yeah. your, and so that's also making your teeth looser around mm -hmm. your gums. Yes. There's a direct connection between that and some of the issues that we see related to diabetes. Yes, Okay. yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And so what, what the studies have shown is that if you are able to control your periodontal disease, usually your numbers tend to come down or are able to stabilize mm -hmm. a little bit more. So how does a person control their periodontal disease? So one, you have to go see your healthcare provider, mm -hmm. uh, your oral healthcare provider. Uh, you at least want to go twice a year. Mm -hmm. But those who have been diagnosed with periodontal disease, this is a chronic disease. It's mm -hmm. just like diabetes. You, mm -hmm. Two times a year is not going to be sufficient. Mm -hmm. You at least need to go three to four times a year based wow. off your diagnosis in order to maintain and stabilize the health of your gum and bone. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you say for an individual? So I, you know, I go to the dentist twice a year like I'm supposed to. Mm -hmm. I hate going to the dentist <laughs> twice a year like I'm supposed to, but I'm so proud of myself once I do go. But I also know that, you know, personal preference is one barrier, right? But there's also other real barriers that people face, whether that's um, not having dental insurance or, um, you know, not having a provider that will um, see a patient that does not have uh, the type of dental insurance that that provider is carrying. So what would you say for someone who is concerned about their dental health and just doesn't know where to begin. Okay, I get this question a lot. Mm -hmm. So 
one thing I would say is that, you know, dentists are not going to turn you away because you don't have that dental insurance or you, they don't accept that dental insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the bigger question is if I can't afford their prices and what they're mm -hmm. and what they're mm -hmm. asking for. I also like to try to educate patients that sometimes you can ask for a payment plan. Mm. Some providers rather not deal with insurance companies. They sometimes, will, you know, let's set a payment plan. Let's mm -hmm. see how we can work together. Mm -hmm. And that's what a true oral health advocate would do. That's good. Um, if none of those options work, I would say first start at your local schools. Mm -hmm. So like we don't have a dental school here. Our dental mm -hmm. school is in Chapel Hill, which is two, two and a half hours away. However, we do have Charlotte, um, excuse me, um, CPCC, mm -hmm. which is our um, community college, community college mm -hmm. that has a dental hygiene program. Fantastic. So they can get people mm -hmm. started on their health or health care journey. Mm -hmm. So they can at least get your x-rays. They can, you know, if you need a deep cleaning, mm -hmm. whether and that's what the periodontal disease, where that kind of comes into play. Mm -hmm. or regular cleaning that can give you the basis mm -hmm. and then they can say hey they have dentists working um, at the school that can diagnose if you have cavities mm -hmm. and any other issues mm -hmm. then the option from there because they don't actually take care of the dental treatment other than the cleanings is they can do they can look for a community health center that is that is one option mm -hmm. and so they are becoming more prevalent here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. um, they're called federally qualified health care centers or FQHCs. Mm -hmm. They a lot of times offer um, they do accept Medicaid, Medicare. We, they do accept um, insurance plans, mm -hmm. but they also offer a sliding scale discount program. As Wonderful. Well. That's fantastic. Yes. Oh, man. We I don't know where we would be as a community without our FQHCs and community health centers. So thank you yeah. so much for mentioning that. You're so. Welcome. Okay, we are about towards the end of our journey together. Sure. Um, I want to hear in, in all of the work that you have done in the community, really educating and being an oral health advocate. Mm -hmm. What do you believe is your greatest accomplishment thus far? I would say the work that I've been doing um, at my community health center. Mm -hmm. I have a fabulous team. Mm -hmm. We um, have uh, had the opportunity to be awarded by the Duke uh, Endowment to expand mm. in school. So we've been able to not only offer services at our fixed location, but also going out into the community and to provide um, services to students. Also, we are integrating medical and dental, and mm. that is my passion mm -hmm. to really get people to see that they're connected. Yes. So being able to serve patients while they're getting their medical visit, mm -hmm. they can also get their dental services because it knocks down a lot of those determinants, social determinants of, of mm -hmm. barriers to healthcare. Mm -hmm. Your travel, your, mm -hmm. um, you know, not being able to find a provider. So we put you put your medical and your dental right there under the same roof. So you have one appointment. You don't have to waste your gas. You can take time off work at one time to get things done for your kids. So mm -hmm. right now our focus has been kids um, and I pray that it can expand to other um, to other communities as well and other age groups as well. I love that and it reminds me of something that you mentioned earlier about how you can't take the mouth out of the body <laughs> yes. and so why not when we are going to the doctor already for our medical needs why not also have our mouth addressed while we're there. Right. I think that that's a really great design. Yes. Okay. So we want to elevate your work. We want to elevate the message here about dental care and oral health and whole health, right? As, as including dental care. So what is something that you can give all of us to do right now 
And what is also something that we can do to help elevate your work? Okay, I would say it, uh, what you can do right now mm -hmm. is floss. <laughs> you know, that big article came out like, do you really need to floss? Yes, floss. That I, I have taken care of patients who have not seen a dentist in a long time, but they floss and I swear it is the magic of floss. Wow. Not the little flosses from the Dollar Tree, like the traditional The old floss, floss you wrap around your finger exactly. and get up in there. Okay, exactly. okay. <laughs> and to elevate me, I think that support dentists, know that we're out here and we want the best, mm -hmm. you know? It's not the fancy car, like we really want <laughs> people to get it. We mm -hmm. want people to get healthier. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we're here to answer any questions that they have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not, I, you're not, we don't have to be afraid of us. I think okay. that's how you can elevate okay. us. You know, so okay. many people are afraid of the dentist. Yes. And, you know, we're here to, to help you on your journey. Oh, that is so good. You know what? And I think if all of us had you as our dentist, <laughs> we would be going to the dentist a lot more frequently. But there are more... Dr. Robinson's out there. Yes. Is that what you're telling us? Yes, yes, and it'll be me too. So, okay. <laughs> so you know. Well, thank you. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on our journey today. Thank you for joining us on our journey to equity. Thank, thank you for you. being a health equity champion. Can you please share with everybody where can they find you? Where can they follow you, your work? Oh, okay. So currently um, I am a, the dental director at Charlotte Community Health Clinic and we are located off 5301 Wilkinson Boulevard. And so that will be the best place for you to find me. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. And you, you can find this show at on Instagram at Our Journey to Equity. That's with the number two. Or you can visit the show site at www.ourjourneytoequity.com. Thank you so much for joining us for another one of our journeys with our wonderful journeyer here today. Please, when you get a chance, tell us what you're doing to take action. I want to hear about how this might be helping you to take action in your own community or for yourself personally or even for your family. Rate us, review, and let us know how your journey is going. Thank you so much. Until next time.